Welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everybody's having an absolutely blessed day today, as always. And the other day, Dad and I were heading to Tampa, and I noticed while we were on the interstate, I was looking on while we were on the bridge, and, you know, there's city on both sides, and I was looking at the giant 5G towers everywhere. They've been up for years. They're continuing to grow more and more and more. And it's interesting because when you're up high like that, like on a bridge or roadway, and you're actually close to where the towers are, you can see them, and they're all line of sight. You can all you can see another tower, see another tower, see another tower. And, you know, I'm increasingly getting more and more emails from people that are asking, you know, what can I do? What's the best supplements for this? What can help protect me against a lot of this stuff and this EMF exposure? Because people are starting to have more and more side effects from this, regardless if they realize what's causing it, the EMFs are a very, very real thing. There's been numerous research studies now that have gone into detail discussing the aspects of man-made EMS on the immune system. And uh, one interesting one, basically, that I found earlier, while back, they found that the consequences are significantly higher in areas where there's more 5G towers. Imagine that. And they're finding that the amount of problems that people are starting to incur, including inflammatory issues, is definitely causing, is being caused by this. And so I just want to encourage everybody, if you if you feel like you're having an issue with it, the first thing I always tell everybody to do is make sure you unplug your Wi-Fi at night. Another one, too, that's really, really good, uh, melatonin, a study conducted by the Department of Electrical and Electronic Engineering at the University of Melbourne. The university study found that EMF radiation affects the body's ability to produce melatonin. Remember, sleep is crucial to the body and recovery and reduction of basically aging, all types of different things, and also lack of sleep can cause issues with anxiety and also cause inflammation problems. So melatonin's good. The magnesium brain food is another one that can really help out. And of course, the multiple powder, chewables, capsule, whichever one you choose, but keeping consistent amounts of minerals in your body and turmeric the turmeric force that we have is another really good one for inflammation. But I just want to kind of start off with that today because more and people, I think, are starting to wake up and realize what's happening to our immune systems from this exposure. So I just want to kind of add that in there. Dad, anything you want to add on that? Uh, absolutely. Yesterday, Sharon and I were in Tampa, and we went to a Greek restaurant. If you guys are following her on her Instagram page, the ST Brewer, that's S-T, S as in Sharon, T as in Ted, B-R-O-E-R, for Instagram, we showed pictures of us having lunch at a Greek restaurant in Tampa. Now, as we ended up going back north, we had to stop at a couple places yesterday. We went through a neighborhood in downtown Tampa, and this is the neighborhood, Austin, that we saw that had the 5G towers when we were on the bridge of Tampa. We ended up in the middle of it all, and the towers aren't that tall. They're about 50 feet high. That's about it. They don't go up like 1,500, 2,000 feet like some of the other cell phone towers did. They're about 50 feet tall, and they have these huge refrigerator-like size boxes on them. And what was funny is it was every couple of blocks. It wasn't like it was one like you see a cell tower that 10 miles later you see another cell tower. This was every couple of blocks in downtown Tampa. And Sharon said to me, she goes, Ted, I can feel this. And I said, what do you mean? I said, she goes, I don't feel good. I feel, feel, feel funny, something like my body's being radiated or something. And I looked up, and sure enough, we were in the middle of these towers. And, you know, she wasn't even aware of the fact that these towers were all around her when she said that. 
And I said, well, honey, I said, I don't feel that just now, but I take a lot of antioxidants. And I said, we've got to be really careful because remember, our bodies are water primarily, and our bodies conduct electromagnetic current. And when we put this electromagnetic current through our bodies, it really affects us because it affects cellular metabolism. So it's important that you maintain a real high nutrient density. Now, what happens at night is that the pineal gland that produces the melatonin, the pineal gland sees this electromagnetic energy as bright sunlight. So if you walk outside, you know, at noon and it's a bright sunny day and you decide to take a nap, you know, on a bench or whatever, and you're laying out in the bright sun, it's kind of hard to sleep if you're not really, really tired because the pineal gland won't produce melatonin. And melatonin is a very strong antioxidant. And so that's why supplementation with melatonin is so important when you're in areas that have high Wi-Fi radiation. So that's really, really critical that we cover that information today because this Wi-Fi stuff is going to cause all kinds of health problems and it will be masked as coronavirus when they crank these things up. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. They're going to say, oh, the coronavirus is here, it's there, it's everywhere. Well, no, you've got Wi-Fi here, there, and everywhere and it's causing an increase in quote-unquote coronavirus cases and they can use the coronavirus to cover up the side effects of the EMT and the 5G, which is what they're going to do. I can guarantee you that's what they're going to plan on doing. And see, we're a very volatile state right now in our country as far as this transition that we're in with all of these communist people pushing all of this communist agenda in the United States being funded through the international banking cartels. Yesterday, Austin, I spoke with one of our friends up in North Carolina, Lori and Mike, our neighbors up there, and, and, and Lori is a real, real, real smart, and so is Mike, and they, they listen to the show, and Lori said something to me yesterday. She goes, well, you know, Ted, I'd like to forward the show but some of the stuff you talk about is so far out there, and I've never heard it, that it's confusing to me. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to send it out because I don't know what people are going to think about the show. Now, I've heard this before, that every once in a while I'll go into an esoteric topic, and I'll start covering stuff that I've covered with you guys over the past six, seven years, but I haven't covered with the new listeners. This is kind of like accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, when I first started college at Florida State, I was pretty much a heathen. And I had a friend of mine, his name was Jack Garlow, and he's dead now, but he's in heaven with the good Lord. And, and Jack basically was a vet who had basically been broken by his drill sergeant, had, be, had developed post-traumatic stress syndrome, and quite frankly, went nuts. And Jack was pretty nutty. And what Jack would do is he was a Christian. He became a Christian when I knew him and completely changed his lifestyle. He had a very hedonistic lifestyle. And then he became a follower of Christ. And I'll never forget, because I wasn't a Christian yet, this is like 1976, 1977, and Jack would run up to my apartment. I lived at a place called Glen Oaks Apartment Complex on Pensacola Avenue in Tallahassee. And Jack would run up to my apartment at like 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and he'd bang on the door. And then he'd run down the stairs, because I was you know, a bodybuilder. I was in great shape back then. And I was like, who in the heck's banging on my door? And I'd open the door up, and Jack would be at the bottom of the stairs, so I couldn't catch him. He'd run away and yell, Jesus loves you. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy's obnoxious. And I'd scream and yell and, and cussing and chasing him down the sidewalk, and I couldn't catch him because he already had a head start, and I'm sitting out there in my boxer shorts with a, you know, you know, you know, no shoes on. I'm like, this guy's insane, okay? When people first start talking to you about Jesus, and they first start talking to you about esoteric topics like fallen angels, it sounds very, very, very weird until you go back into the Bible and you look at what the history says. When I speak to you guys about ancient Canaanite religions, you have to go back into the Bible or you can study history and you can find out what these people believed. 
These are the Canaanites who came after the flood, and they had all their fertility worships, worshiping, and they also had their, their satanic sacrifice, in which they believed they had to appease the gods every year in order to have a good crop. These are fertility rituals for food supply. And what they would do is they would follow the leadings of their fallen angel predecessors and these demonic entities that were basically around them, and they would sacrifice their children. They'd have a giant orgy, and then nine months later, the children that were born would be basically bled out, sacrificed to Baal, Moloch, Asherah. Sometimes these children would be eaten. Sometimes their blood would be drunk in these horrible, horrible fertility rituals that they had. And this stuff goes on, and I could go into detail with it, but I'm not. It's just disgusting, sick stuff they were involved in. Now, this group of people continued to feed these demonic entities with the energy of these children by killing their own children. And the reason for that is these demonic entities that basically live on another side of the veil. And I know this sounds really weird to you if you're not a Christian, if you've never heard this stuff before. We have, and you guys, it's funny because a lot of you guys are listening for the first time today. You'll go to a scary movie. And you'll watch these demons come out of the veil. You see the stuff with Keanu Reeves when he did that one movie a few years ago. And, and you see all of these crazy things happening. You think, oh, wow, this is all Hollywood make-believe, and it's all good fun, 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 and it's scary fun, and I'm going to watch this stuff, but none of it's real. Well, I hate to tell you, a lot of that stuff is based in reality as far as from a physics standpoint – with this veil that we have between the dimensions. We now know that we have an interdimensional universe that we live in with entities on the other side of the veil. Now, science has basically proven that. We've had people go in and they've taken Ashwanga, they've done studies with this, and they've gone in and they basically have found out that basically they can go into the other side of this veil. They have these retreats where you can do this and see these other entities. And, and the problem with all this is, is that you open like a portal to these people, to these things, these entities, and you leave a trail of breadcrumbs where they can come back and find you. You don't want to do all that stuff. And so all of this stuff now is becoming more and more mainstream, including Satanism, Kabbalah, all of this stuff which is practices basically worshipping these entities and praying to these demonic spirits and gods. This is where we are on the planet today. Now you say, well, this is something new. No, it's not something new. We basically have been under control of ancient Canaanite demons and gods and ancient Egyptian demons and gods for thousands of years. In 72 AD, after the fall of Jerusalem, after the burning of the temple, one of the top Jewish leaders at that time who fought against the Romans sat down in a cave for 12 years and he wrote the Zohar. And the Zohar combined all, all of these ancient texts of a, what these people were, the Canaanites, the Egyptians, and it turned it into a book of magic and of witchcraft and of occult knowledge. That's what the Zohar is. Now, mind you, not all Jewish folks who are Jewish even read or practice the Zohar. In fact, I spoke with a Jewish friend this past weekend. He said he started reading it. He said it's all witchcraft and weird stuff. He had no interest in looking at it. So there are many different sects of Judaism like there's many different sects of Christianity. You've got Lutherans, Presbyterians, you've got Protestants, you've got Catholics, you've got Baptists, you've got Methodists. Same thing in Judaism. You have all these different sects. There's a dozen or so subtexts, and then there's dozens of sub, you know, sects below that. So we have to understand that not all Jews are practicing this, just like not all Christians are weirdos, though some are, just like not all Jews are practicing 
you know, Kabbalists. We have to get that through our heads to start with. We have to understand who and what we're dealing with from an esoteric or hidden knowledge standpoint. And so when you understand that this Zohar basically is the foundational root work of all current day cults, like Mormonism, you know, like the, you know, all, all, of, all of the stuff. You can just pick a cult. And, and, and it's also the foundational work of Freemasonry, in which Albert Pike said it was about bringing out the seething energies of Lucifer, who's the supreme commander of the Masonic lodges back in 1860, 50 years, 70 years ago. You know, was one of the top generals in the Confederate Army, was pardoned by Johnson, another top member of the basically Masonic Lodge, who was the president. And you have to realize that the Masonic Lodges, a lot of the power they had was transferred over to the CFR back in the 1920s. All of this stuff was done by another sect of Judaism that was started back in 1666, a guy by the name of Sabbatain Zivi. Now, Sabbatain Zivi, he followed the Kabbalah, and he said we had to make the earth as negative and as filled with sin as we possibly could to allow God to come back. Now, the God he was referring to was the serpent god from the Kabbalah, which is the giant snake they call Einsof. So all of this stuff is happening around us. All of this stuff is behind the scenes. And when Jeffrey Epstein was busted and put in jail, and all of a sudden Jelaine Maxwell's put in jail, all of a sudden everybody starts realizing that there's a giant child trafficking pedophile weirdo sacrificial network that's all over the United States and all over the world. It's part of what I'm talking about. And we have to understand that this all ties together. That's why you never heard anything get as hushed up as quickly as you've seen anything get hushed up when Jeffrey Epstein ended up going to jail and supposedly killed himself, which I don't believe he's even dead, because Mossad doesn't kill Mossad. Mossad's tied in like this. Mossad is run through Israel. It's basically their private subcontractor, military, secret service force like our CIA. Israel is run by the Rothschild banking cartel who helped set it up through the Balfour Declaration. They needed a home where they could go to with this mafiosa group that runs the planet through international finance that could not be extradited and they needed a home for the Jewish people that were being persecuted in Europe and they actually set up some of the persecution by funding Hitler. All of this stuff ties together. We can't pretend like it doesn't. People say, well, you know, you're, you're German. Your mom and dad are German. Well, yeah, my dad was born here, but both his parents were German, and my mom was German. Okay? That's a fact. Well, you guys are responsible for what happened during World War II. I'm like, well, number one, I had nothing to do with it. I was born in the United States 10 years after the war was over with the 1955. That's number one. So I'm not gonna, you're not going to put that basket full of snakes on me. But we also have to realize that the German people did follow Hitler via nationalism, Hitler was funded by the Rothschild Rockefeller banking cartel along with IG Farman and that's why so many of the IG Farman and Standard Oil refineries in Germany were not bombed by the Allies. Guys, do your research on this. They didn't do that because they were basically funding both sides of the war and the conflict and they didn't want to have to rebuild their refineries and have to redevelop all that technology. Then Hitler found in 38-39 that he could issue debt-free German marks and he basically came off the chain 
and decided he wasn't going to do what he was doing anymore and be basically getting put into debt by this international banking house of Rothschild and that he was going to develop his own currency. And then he took over Europe and then basically decided he's going to print all his own currency for all of Europe. And what ended up happening is the entire planet came out against him as far as the Rothschild-controlled central banks to destroy Germany. And to this day, Germany is still paying the price for what they did. Okay, And that's not necessarily being involved in World War One and World War Two, it was the fact that they threw the international banking cartel out and now they decided they wanted to destroy the German DNA. That's how bloodthirsty and blood libel these people make you if you go against what they do. Now I'm going to give you some stuff today that I haven't covered before on a show in one segment. In fact, some of the stuff I haven't covered in years, some of the stuff I haven't covered at all. So I want you guys to put your seatbelts on today because what I want to do is I want to make this show as generic as I possibly can to make you, to give you the opportunity, if you're a lawyer or one of the other people listening, to say, listen to this show. It lays this stuff out. It's still really weird, but it makes more sense like this. Because remember, when God saw that everything was evil all the time in Genesis chapter 6, this is the Torah, the Pentateuch, our Old Testament, the books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This goes across both Jewish religion and Christian religion. So we can't really argue about that if we're a Jew or we're a Christian. We can't. It's the Torah. Right? God said in Genesis chapter 6 that these fallen angels had come down, had bred with women, developed Nephilim and giants and all the other kind of crazy stuff that was there, and that every thought of every man was evil all of the time. Okay? God was very frustrated with what had happened on the planet. He saw the timeline because he's omnipresent. He basically had enough of it. There was no way to fix it. He used Noah to start the human species over again because he had clean seed, it says. His seed was good, which means his DNA was still pure. In other words, it wasn't mixed with Nephilim or fallen angel DNA. Well, the, it says in that same verse in chapter 6, in that same chapter, that the fallen angels were there before and again after the flood. So they started this mess all over again, giving rise to the ancient Canaanite religions of the blood sacrifice and the fertility rituals. In other words, here's what they would do. Oh, by the way, you're going to have really good crops this year if you sacrifice X amount of children. What do you mean? Well, yeah, you got to kill the kids because if you want to have enough corn and enough wheat or whatever you're growing, you've got to kill the kids and we'll make sure it rains for you, make sure the crops do well and all the other things. You say, well, they can't control the weather. Wait a minute. We control the weather nowadays with geoengineering. Of course they could have. Of course they could have controlled the weather. Of course they could give crops sunshine, could give crops water. They could have done that even back then because they had that technology, that advanced fallen angel technology. So we need to realize that all of this stuff was put together by these entities to try to manipulate human beings because these entities have been separated from God when a third of these angels fell from heaven and they were no longer allowed to use God's energy source or his energy field for their own nourishment. That goes into our body receiving energy from the field that we live in because we're, we are made out of energy. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So all of this stuff we need to look at from a physics kind of standpoint. Then we also have to look at the guys like George Soros. You say, well, what happened? How did the Rothschilds tie to get into all of this stuff? When, when basically, when, when Sabbatain Zevi in 1666 said that we need to resurrect the serpent god, and he started this sect to make everybody unbelievably evil, he basically converted, became a Muslim before he died. 
Well, about 100 years later, Jacob Frank basically said he was the resurrection of Sabatain Zivi, and he basically decided to start this whole thing over again as far as creating everything evil all the time. And this is with the orgies, with the human sacrifice, with the drinking of blood, all of this weird stuff. Now, Judaism, mainstream Judaism, said these guys were nuts and said these guys, we have, they don't reflect Judaism whatsoever. But what happened is they didn't, they didn't go away. And then Jacob Frank brought the Rothschild banking cartel and Nathan Rothschild and Moses Bauer Rothschild and all the rest of the Rothschilds into his sect. And they became Luciferians, Satanists, ancient Canaanite religion worshipers, worshipers of Baal, Moloch, Asherah. Pick your name. It doesn't make any difference. It's all the same entities. And they started doing all the same stuff. And they corrupted the banking systems. They used the banking. It's called Babylonian money magic to come in and take control of the planet's countries by issuing them money on credit which could never be paid back because the interest was never printed and they gradually take control of all of the different countries around the world now let's start with George Soros now I've told you repeatedly that George Soros was a Rothschild representative now I've posted this on the website you guys need to print it and makes it and, and forward it to your friends and it says that George Soros was exposed as a Rothschild agent in 1996 this is an article by William Engel E-N-G-D-A-H-L. Now, you have to realize that everybody wants to believe that George Soros created all of this wealth by himself and did it with venture capitalism and basically did it by shorting and basically messing around with countries' currencies. And some of that is true. But let's just talk about him right now. I'm going to read you part of this article. His goal was to loot wherever and however he could. Soros has been called the master manipulator of hit-and-run capitalism. Following the crisis of the European exchange mechanism in September of 1992, when the Bank of England was forced to abandon efforts to stabilize the pound sterling, a little-known financial figure who was Rothschild Bank basically backed emerged from the shadows to boast that he had personally made over a billion dollars in speculation against the British pound. And it was George Soros. He finally came out of the shadows in the early 90s as to who he was. The speculator was Hungarian board George Soros, who spent the war in Hungary under false papers working for the Nazi government, identifying and expropriating the property of wealthy fellow Jews. Soros left Hungary after the war and established the America, his American citizenship after some years in London working for the Rothschild banks. Today, Soros is based in New York, but that tells little of anything of who he really is. Soros proclaimed in March 1993 with great publicity that the price of gold was about to rise sharply. He said that he had just gotten inside information that China was about to buy large sums of gold. And sure enough, gold went up 20% almost immediately. This technique gave rise to the term hit and run. What Soros always leaves behind is a collapsed local market and financial ruin of national investors. Soros is the visible side. Now listen to me very carefully, everybody, right now. Soros is a visible side of a vast and nasty secret network of private financial interests controlled by the leading aristocratic royal families of Europe, Rothschilds, centered in the British House of Windsor. This network, called by its members the Club of Isles, was built upon the wreckage of the British Empire after World War II because they were completely bankrupt. It has and was in many ways modeled on the 17th century British and Dutch East India companies. The heart of the Club of Isles is the financial center of the old British Empire, the city of London. Soros is one of the, what in medieval days were called the Hof Juden, the court of Jews, who were deployed by aristocratic families. 
The most important of such Jews are not Jews and the, are the Rothschilds. Let me repeat that. The most important of such Jews who are not Jews are the Rothschilds who launched Soros' career. They are members of the Club of Isles and the retainers of the royal British family. This has been true, says Amschel Rothschild, sold the British Hessian troops to fight against George Washington during the American Revolution. Now let's go back. The family originally started in Frankfurt, Germany, and they were called, basically, the guy's name was Moses Bauer. I mentioned his name earlier. And Moses Bauer changed his name to Rothschild because he had a red shield out in front of his banking house. It was called Rothschild, Red Shield, and he changed his name to Rothschild. Now, over the past three, four hundred years, they've intermarried with British royalty. And they're no longer, they no longer consider themselves, some of them, Jewish, because they've been married into Christians and the Catholics and the Protestants or whatever. But at the highest levels who still control the banking houses, many of them no longer consider themselves to be anything besides Luciferians. In other words, they follow the ancient Canaanite practices and they also follow the ancient teachings of Sabbatain Zebi from 1666. And they're doing everything they can to create chaos in the planet to bring in a one-world dictatorship. Let me continue with Soros. George Soros was part of a tightly-knit financial mafia in the sense of a closed, Masonic-like fraternity of families pursuing a common aim. Anyone who dares to criticize Soros or any of his associates is immediately hit with a charge of being anti-Semitic, a criticism which often silences <clears throat> excuse me, or intimidates genuine critics of Soros' unscrupulous questions. The myth, therefore, has been created that Soros is a lone financial investment genius who, through his sheer personal brilliance, is detecting shifts in markets, has become one of the world's most successful speculators, according to those who have done business with him. Soros never makes a major investment without other insensitive insider information being given to him. On the board of directors of George Soros' quantum fund is Richard Kotz, K-A-T-Z, a Rothschild man who is also on the board of the London M.M. Rothschild and Sons Merchant Bank and the head of Rothschild Italian SPA of Milan. Another Rothschild family linked to Soros Quantum Fund is quantum member board Nilis Otaub, the partner of the London Investment Group of St. James Place Capital, whose major partner is Lord Rothschild. London Times' William Meggs Mogg is also a member of the board of Rothschilds at St. James Place Capital. A frequent business partner of Soros in various speculative deals, including the 1993 gold manipulation, although not on the quantum fund directly, is the Anglo-French speculator Sir James Goldsmith, a cousin of the Rothschild family. Now, I could go on and on and on and tie all of this together, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to post this whole article on the Health Masters website so you can read it. But we need to understand that Soros and Rothschild are synonymous. Soros and also Rockefeller are synonymous. By the 1920s, the Rockefeller-Rothschild investment houses were so intertwined, it was difficult to tell the difference between Rockefeller or Rothschild. Now, I've told you this before. I have a friend of mine who wrote a book a few years ago, and that book basically discussed in detail the Rothschild-Rockefeller families up to about 1920. And then after that, he completely left the Rothschilds off the hook, left all of these other people off the hook, and focused only on the Rockefellers. That's why I would not promote his book on our show, because it left it behind. It didn't talk about the Balfour Declaration. It didn't talk about the formation of Israel. It didn't talk about Samuel Untermeyer. It didn't talk about the blackmail of Woodrow Wilson. It didn't talk about any of that stuff. Why? 
because nobody wants to talk about that stuff because as soon as you say anything about this, whether you are or you're not anti-Semitic, you're automatically labeled as an anti-Semite because these people in many cases have Jewish backgrounds and they use that as a tool, that term, in order to try to discredit you or to make you stop doing it, to make everybody think that you're a racist or you're a bigot. It's simply not true. If I say something about Adolf Hitler being bad, that doesn't mean I'm anti-Austrian or anti-German. If I say something about I don't like about George Soros, doesn't mean I'm an anti-Semite. If I say something I don't like about Vladimir Putin, doesn't mean that I'm anti-Russian or anti-British if I don't like the prime minister or the queen. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means you've got an opinion that somebody who's involved with something is doing something they shouldn't be doing. Always remember that. So now, I wanted to clarify that because that was really important at the beginning. All these emails, you say that George Soros is part of the Rothschild Guild. How is that possible? He funded, he was funded by the Rothschilds. The Rockefellers were funded by the Rothschilds. Carnegie was funded by the Rothschilds. Okay? Bill Gates was funded by the Rothschilds. Or you could pick any other name that's a major banking family who's linked together through this crime network. It doesn't make any difference who you pick. It's all the same seed group. You need to understand that. Now, I want to say a few other things, too, and this is really important. We live in a giant energy field, which is this universe. If you take the Earth and you look at it, it's almost all empty space if you look at it from an electron microscope. Let me give you an example. If you decided to blow an atom up to the size of a you know, so you can see it, so that the nucleus of the atom would be a P. And you put the P in the middle on the 50-yard line in the largest stadium there is in the United States that holds 100,000 people. The first set of electrons and the first set of orbits would have two electrons would be from the P on the 50-yard line to the top of the top of the stadium, you know, you know, 100, 200, 300 yards away. Everything between that P and that top stadium is empty space. That's how it looks like in an electron microscope. And so then the next set of rings, the next set of electrons would be like a quarter of a mile away. And so that's how much empty space there is on the planet. If you took all of that empty space and you collapsed it, the entire planet would be a black hole the size of a softball without empty space. It's this energy field that separates these atoms and these atomic structures that is held together through Christ, is what the Bible says, and allows this energy matrix to function. It allows this giant envelope of energy we're in. That's why x-rays work. They show you basically, they can look into your body, they can see through your body. This is why it's so dangerous to be about Wi-Fi radiation because it goes right through your body because your body basically is an energy field is what it is being held together through Christ according to what the Bible says and according to physics. They say there's underlying fields of energy holding everything together. So let me give you some information on this. This is so important because because uh, when I was talking to Lori yesterday, she's, uh, yesterday, she goes, well, none of this makes any sense when you start talking about this stuff. So here we go again. In each, this is an article that's called Mind of the Matrix. In each and every one of us, if we suddenly decided to believe and support a different matrix when we woke up tomorrow morning, the world would change overnight. That's what the Bible says if you think on the good things. And what we have discovered at the core basis of the universe, the foundation of the universe, is a single unified field of intelligence. This would be the great I am. I'm going to repeat that. And what we have discovered at the core basis of the universe, the foundation of the universe, is a single unified field of intelligence, or God, or the great I am. I'm putting the great I am in there. This field unites gravity with electromagnetism. 
light with radioactivity with the nuclear force so that all the forces of nature and all the so-called particles of nature, quarks, leptons, protons, neutrons, are now understood to be one. This is why a single neutron will know what another neutron is doing on the other side of the universe instantaneously. They are all just different ripples in a single ocean of existence that is the unified field, which is what we're all in. And that field is a non-material field. It is ultimately a field of consciousness. And everything in the universe is nothing but that. Plants, trees, people, animals are just waves of vibration of this underlying unified superstring field. Particle physicist John Hagelin. Now, we need to understand what he just said, that everything is in an energy field. This is what the sorcerers and the magicians and these people understood long ago. At the height of this group of people who run the planet, they're magicians and wizards is what they are. And they basically understand how the field works. They don't see money as currency. They see it as a flow of energy. Everything to them is energy. Remember how when Neo woke up in the Matrix and he started seeing where he was? This is the movie The Matrix. And everything was a digital flow of energy in The Matrix. It's very much like that, and that's what we live in. It's almost like it's a holographic projection that we're in. And it's our energy, our thoughts, our emotions, all the things that we do that create the energy field that we're in. That's why I tell you guys, be very careful what you pray. Be very careful what you speak. Because if you start speaking negative stuff about your life, if you start speaking negative stuff about your children, if you start speaking negative stuff about your future, it's going to create a negative energy field around you that will create the same reality that you just spoke. That's why the Bible says, by your words you shall be acquitted, by your words you shall be condemned. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue because God understands that we're in a unified energy field and we can't be running around speaking negative stuff about each other, about ourselves. That's why I've taught you guys how to pray over the years. Father, I thank you that I'm always at the right place at the right time every year, every time. I thank you, Father, that I commit my plans into the Lord. They will succeed. This is just the physics of what we live in. The wizards understand that. If you remember back in the Torah, in the book of Genesis, the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh has a meeting with Moses. And Moses throws his staff down on the ground. And his staff turns into a snake. And then Moses's, then the Pharaoh's musicians, they take their staff and they throw it down. It turns into a snake. But then Moses' staff eats the other staff, which freaks all these magicians out because they didn't expect all that. Guys, they understood how to manipulate physical matter in energy fields, or they could not have turned that staff into a snake. I'm talking about the wizards of the pharaohs and the magicians and the sorcerers. This is what we live in, and these guys who intentionally sacrifice children to Moloch and to Baal and to Asherah still today through abortion, they understand that they're feeding entities on the other side of the veil, and these entities give them information and give them insight as to what's going to happen to allow them to short the market or to push the market or to do whatever they want to do to the market or to create giant revenue streams for themselves. We have to understand what we're involved in. We have to understand that it's the black magic, the god of this age, or the, is the force that re, re, rules the world. It's all through this Sabbatean, Frankist, Kabbalist, Satanist, Luciferian group that's involved in running the planet who's involved with organized crime. We've got to look at it. Now, there's another article that I want to read to you guys that I'm posting on the, on, the, on the website. It's called Black Magic Satanists Rule the World, Not Politicians, Bankers, or Military Heads. 
before looking at the evidence of the elite using black magic, it is worthwhile remembering a defining aspect of Satanism, which is what Sabbatain Zevi taught, the inversion of everything. Everything that's good has to be made bad, bad has to be good, black is white, bad is good, wrong is right. This is why the inverted pentagram is used as a popular satanic symbol. George Orwell touched on this in 1984 when he wrote of the ruling class propaganda, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. Even mind control developed by the Nazis first in Germany, later in the CIA, through Tavistock, uses satanic principles to confuse its victims by telling them that pain is pleasure and pleasure is pain, and eventually breaking down the victims so they longer distinguish between pain or pleasure. Then we got the secret societies, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission. We've got the guys who meet at the Skull and Bones group. And we've got the Bohemian, Bohemian Grove people. All of these weirdos are all invested in this satanic group. If you look at Kubrick and his eyes wide shut in the secret elite rituals of sex and sacrifice and what he showed in that movie, I mean, all of this stuff is all part of this. Kubrick depicts a black magic scene when naked women circle a leader, drop their clothes to become naked, and later evolve to a massive orgy, where all of the participants wear masks to hide their true identities, hence masks with coronavirus. Kubrick hints in the film that this satanic sexual black magic ritual also involves sacrifice and murder by implying that one of the women prostitutes was killed during or at the end of the ritual. However, because Kubrick put this in there in the original film and wanted to release it, they told him he could not he died before it was released. Surprise, surprise. Kind of sounds like Joan Rivers, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you know, she called out Barack Obama for being gay and for Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Michael Obama to be a transgender. And she was dead just a few months later. And suddenly Kubrick says, I want to have this 15 minutes in here to show him what's really going on. They edited out the 15 minutes and he ended up dying before the movie was, was basically released. Remember this. Black magic at its core is really about demonic possession about being possessed by another entity. Since the world now we understand is made of energy, not matter, and since energy moves in waves which have frequencies, a satanic ritual is designed to entrain the energetic biofrequencies of the participants with that of other dark entities so that there is a vibrational match. Okay, Because remember, half of our DNA is interdimensional and it's on the other side of the veil. So the same thing's happening on the other side of the veil. So they have what's that? They, they basically go into sync. Once there's a frequency lock or resonance lock, an exchange can take place. Energy, intent, information go from one being, place, or dimension. It can be transferred to another. This works both ways. The person gets possessed and receives information from certain dark entities. This is Kabbalah, by the way. While the dark entities also take something from the person. This theme of possession crops up again and again when exposing the worldwide conspiracy that has been going on for a long time. You know, even Hitler was reported to be demonically possessed by his aide, Hermann Krausting. See, then we have the horrible, horrific phenomenon of these missing children. It is also that black magic could be behind this unspeakable and probably is behind an unconscionable phenomenon of missing children. These children are probably being kidnapped and taken down into an elite-controlled underground facility where their mind control turned into slaves where some of them are actually sacrificed for these rituals. So we have to understand that this is what's happening everywhere. Although it's important to focus on the, and expose the aspects of the dysfunction in our society, including political corruption, mainstream media consolidation by the Rothschild Group, and deception, smart meters, GMOs, toxic vaccines, 
geoengineering, the militarization of the police, the fake terrorism, the fake, the fake false flags, UN Agenda 21 and 2030, transhumanism, and the human microchipping agenda. But in order to transform and heal them, it's crucial to realize that at a fundamental level, they're all connected. And these issues are more manifestations of a more painful unconsciousness in our midst, satanic black magic, the secretive rituals conducted at Bohemian Grove and through these banking cartels. We have to understand that that's what's happening at the root level. Now, I'm going to read you another article here. This is another one I'm posting. The interdimensional entities behind the dark agenda that's taking over the world. These disciples of darkness, now I'm not going to post this article. It's got some other stuff on it I don't like. These disciples of darkness are using out-of-body experiences in their satanic rituals to get knowledge from ancient demons who themselves are beyond physical death and working with an immense evil intelligence on an agenda which is thousands of years old. A key part of it is putting down and propagating hatred towards anything that gives knowledge and talks about them and their realms of reality, such as the Bible, such as Jesus. It goes on to say, they do not want Jesus to be even spoken of because of what he's capable of doing. So we need to understand that this entire group is running the planet and that these people own the major banking systems that are doing everything as far as shutting the planet down with coronavirus and collapsing the world economies to bring in a one world government and a one world religion under Lucifer. See, now it's all starting to make sense for you new listeners. You say, well, wow, Ted, this is crazy. Well, see, this is why God sent Jesus Christ. When God sent Christ 2,000 years ago, he inserted Christ, who is the exact image of God Almighty, into the timeline to correct the energy field that we are as an individual, to allow our energy field to be compatible with God's energy field, if you want it from a physics standpoint. In other words, we had a virus in us, and the energy couldn't go together. It wouldn't work. We were incapable of being part of God's energy field because we were evil along with a third of the fallen angels. When God comes into us, he corrects the energy field around us through the blood of the Lamb, through the energy field that's created through an interdimensional conduit by an omnipresent being on the cross and continually repairs our DNA to allow us to be in the likeness of God himself because we are now in covenant with the Most High God through Jesus. That's what Christianity is. It's basically correcting you so that you can be one with God because God cannot be in a sinful environment. He's not capable of that because he's a pure energy field. So the only way he could have you as part of him is to correct your energy field first. The only way he could do that was allow his son, pure energy field, to be put on a cross and basically create an energy field from the blood being spilled, which is scalar physics. I've done entire shows on it. We don't have time to cover that today to allow you to be reconciled with God. And once you're covered by the blood of the Lamb and you're covered by the blood of Jesus, these entities have no authority and no power over you. That's why in the Masonic Lodges, which is basically evil at the highest levels, the younger guys who come in at the beginning, they don't know anything about this. A lot of them are Christians. They don't know any difference. They get caught into this from a business standpoint. That's why you're not allowed to mention the name of Jesus in the Masonic Lodges. I told you years ago, I, was a demo, I went to a demo lay meeting one time with a guy by the name of Albert Grulick, who later left the Masonic Lodge, is no longer involved with him. And I, and I kept talking about the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Well, the Lord they're talking about is the light bearer, or Lucifer is the Lord they're talking about. And I asked him the next day, so he said, what did you think about the meeting last night? I said, I don't understand it. I said, I said it was weird to me. 
because my mom was taking me to the Lutheran church every Sunday. I said, what are they talking about? Because I was like 11 years old. I said, what God are they talking about? What Lord are they talking about? Why didn't we talk about Jesus? And he looked at me kind of funny, like, whoa, this kid's awake. He's already a Christian. And what happened is I left the faith, walked away from it, basically, you know, went sideways, and then got born again when I was 23 years old in graduate school at Florida State. But we have to understand that these groups, these international bankers, I just mentioned George Soros. I just gave you a bunch of names of the banks. I'm also posting at Health Masters. You can read through all of this stuff. That these bankers are basically the four horsemen of the banking, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Bank of America, Rothschild, J.P. Morgan Chase, Rothschild, Citigate Group, Rothschild, Wells Fargo, Rothschilds. They own the four horsemen of oil. Exxon, Rothschild, Royal Dutch Shell, Rothschild, BP Amico, Rothschild, Chevron, Texaco, through BlackRock. They bought all the stock in these organizations, in these groups. They're in tandem with other European and old money behemoths. But their monopoly over the global economy is not end at the edge of the oil patch. According to the company's 10K filings for the SEC, the four horsemen of banking are among the top 10 shareholders, listen, of virtually every Fortune 500 corporation. They own it all. It is well known since 2008 that 2009 that the top 100 largest economic entities of the world, 44 corporations, the wealth of these families, which are among the top 10 shareholders in each of these, is in far excess of the national GDP of many economies. In fact, the total global GDP is around $70 trillion. The Rothschild family's wealth alone is estimated to be in the trillions of dollars. Personally, I believe it's in the quadrillions of dollars. So in the case with the Rockefellers, who were helped and provided money all along, I'm sorry, so in the case of the Rockefellers, who were helped and provided money all along by the Rothschilds, the U.S. had an annual GDP in the range of $15 trillion, not that anymore, it's down to 10 or 8. It pales in the significance of the wealth of these trillionaires with the U.S. government and most European countries in debt to the elite. There should be absolutely no doubt as who owns the world and who controls it. To quote Eustace Mullins from his book, The New World Order, This World Order, the elites rule the U.S. through foundations, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the Federal Reserve Systems with no serious challenge to their power. Expensive political campaigns are routinely conducted with carefully screened candidates, <coughs> Donald Trump, who are pledged to the program of the New World Order, <coughs> Joe Biden. Should they deviate from the program, they would have an accident, be framed on on a sex charge or indicted on some financial irregularity. These elite members operate in absolute unison against the public benefit, against a better life for mankind, in which the individual is free to develop his or her creativity. We need to understand this. You look at James Forrestal, the first Secretary of Defense of the U.S. He became aware of this. Brad Parton pointed this out to me yesterday, and he's right. I, I, I remember Forrestal. I want to bring this out. The first Secretary of Defense of the U.S. became aware of the elite and what they were doing. And according to Jim Mars, who accumulated over 3,000 pages of notes to be used for writing a book, he died in a mysterious circumstance was almost certainly murdered. His notes were taken away and sanitized versions of his made public a year later. Just before he died, almost 15 months after the outbreak of the Korean War, he revealed the American soldiers would die in Korea. All of this stuff is planned out. Coronavirus was planned out. All of it was planned out decades ago. They don't do anything by happenstance. They knew that the only people that have the power to shut down the world economy is this group. The only people that have the power to say, you can't go to Europe is this group. And we talked about the multiplier effect of money. 
These guys are the black magicians and the Satanists who use energy fields to control the planet, to control the attention field, to control physical reality around the earth. That's why everything is negative all the time in the news. You look at Drudge, everything is super negative. You look at some alternative websites, everything is super negative. But I'm here to tell you something, guys. When you understand who Jesus Christ is, and you understand that these entities have to bow to him, and you understand that every tongue shall confess, and every knee shall bow, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's God. You'll understand that he is the Lamb of God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Counselor, the Good Shepherd, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Messiah, the Way. He's Lord God Almighty, Lord of all. He's the Resurrection of Life, the King of Kings, and he is the Son of God. And when you understand that, and you accept Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, everything changes because these entities no longer have any authority or power over you. They don't. And if we understand that as Christians, and we understand who we are, then we can, we can stay away from all of the negative press. I'm going to post another article, and it's called The Kazaria Mafia in Hollywood. A lot of people call the Sabbatane group the Kazaria Mafia. You can always call them just the cult that rules the planet, satanic death cult that rules the planet. And this, this is an interesting article by Jonas Alexis. And he goes, if you walk into the film industry and start interviewing people like Eli Roth, you will most certainly hear incredible and large and bizarre things. Roth would tell you that he aspires to F up an entire generation through his movies. Roth and his brethren have been in business for years, so they know the drill. Roth probably knows the story of Samson and Delilah. He probably knows that Samson's dark lust darkened his mind and eventually sent him to his death. Roth almost also certainly knows that the best way to destroy the morals of his audience is to prey on their lust and their sick appetites. That is why Ross Brethren has spent years fighting against obscenity laws and pornography in the United States. You know, Nathan Abrams put it this way. Old generation filmmaker and actors like Woody Allen and Stanley Kubrick and Ron Jeremy, arguably not the only increased the, 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 uh, the, the, this, this, this secularization of their work, but updated it to match the new 1990 sensibility by defining increasingly sexualized and pornographic terms. Abrams declared elsewhere that basically... Pornography is a result of an atavistic hatred of Jesus Christ and Christian authority. And that they're trying to weaken the dominant culture in America by moral subversion. I'll post this article too. And see, this is where we find ourselves. So we've got the media controlled by these clowns. We've got Hollywood controlled by these clowns. We've got social media controlled by these clowns. We've got the major corporations on the planet controlled by these clowns. And this is who shut the planet down. Because they want to slow down the velocity of money so they can increase the M1 of money. And they want to bring in a digital currency with a one-world government and one-world religion. And they want to do it basically through Noahide laws so that if you worship Jesus Christ, that you're subject to death via guillotine or firing squad or whatever they want to pick for you. This is the goal. This is what the book of Revelation warns us about when we go into the tribulation. And, of course, this same group came out and said, we won't be in in the tribulation, we're going to get raptured. This was done by a guy by the name of Darby back in the 1850s. Everybody ignored it because no one ever talked about that for the first 1850 years of Christianity. And finally, a guy by the name of Schofield basically plagiarized Darby, and nobody would listen to him because he's a kook, a nut, and a doggone criminal. Then family, finally, he met this Samuel Untermeyer guy who was part of this Kazarian, satanic, Kabbalist network who pushed him into the higher elite groups of New York City introduced him to Oxford and the Oxford Press 
and they published the Schofield Reference Bible, which basically told us that, hey, Christians, just don't worry about it. It's no big deal what you see happening or what you see coming. It doesn't matter how filthy it all gets. It doesn't matter how horrible it all gets. Because when this thing hits and the pea soup hits the fan, you're going to get raptured. You're going to get yoked out of here in the first load, and you will never see a bad thing happen to you ever. Well, how about we just saw our churches get shut down? How about we just figured out that the entire planet got shut down? How about we were told we could no longer sing praises to people? How about you go outside and you stand around a flagpole and you get arrested now because you're not wearing a mask when you're outside singing? Yeah. How about a young lady goes to a football game and she doesn't have a mask on? She's told to put on a mask and she doesn't put a mask on and she's tasered in front of the entire crowd and dragged off in handcuffs and charged. How about in Australia when you say, hey, you know, we need to go ahead and have a meeting about this and what's going on in our country and you're charged for 15 years in prison for felonies for inciting a riot how about all that so you christians who believe that none of this stuff was going to happen to you because you were going to get raptured how's that working out for you right now i just thought i'd mention that now i'm like this i don't know if we're going to get pulled out before it's over with i know that it says if the end times were not cut short not even the elect would survive which means we're still here that's what it says so I don't know how long we're going to be in this rapture thing or in this tribulation thing. I really would kind of like to believe in a rapture, but it really isn't supported by Scripture to the point that the Schofield Reference Bible tells you that it's supported by that. So this is the problem that we've run into. We've been basically defanged. And then with the Johnson Amendment in the 50s, when we were told from the pulpit that we could no longer discuss anything, anything concerning... <laughs> Christianity and the politics and the government and how it works together or we would lose our 5013C corporation status. That was like 70 years ago now. The Christian churches become these happy, happy places where you have comedians on stage never talking about the gospel, never telling you anything that I told you today about what Christianity really is. And these Christian pastors are basically taking us down the road to utter destruction where the name of Jesus no longer has any power because there's no real relationship with the, with the risen Christ. It's just the name they use. They don't teach you repentance or love one another or stand firm in the faith or don't allow the government to come in and do horrible things to you based upon what they want to do, which is contrary to God's word. We're supposed to sit here and just take it all because we're going to get raptured and we're not going to go through any bad times. Why don't you tell that to all those Christians, the hundreds of thousands of Christians that are routinely killed, martyred, and persecuted all over the world, that they haven't gotten raptured yet, have they, guys? Just thought I'd mention that. Or the millions of Chinese Christians that were killed when China fell to communism. They believed they were going to get raptured and nothing was going to happen to them. They really did. They sat there and waited. They they were basically shot and deheaded and killed. Guys, we as Christians have to stand firm for the beliefs that we have. And we have to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That God is a God of victory. We are in covenant with the creator of the universe through the blood of the Lamb, through Jesus. We're in covenant with God Almighty. He's given us the authority over the angels, over the demons. They can't touch us. The problem is we don't know that anymore. We haven't been taught that anymore. And if we stand in unison, we can break all of this stuff. Let me pray for you guys. Father, right now in the name of Jesus... I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. I want to thank you that this show is going to go far and wide and so many people can understand what a true Christian is, what Christianity really is, and how we can control the entire world by our prayers, by our thoughts, and by the unity of the believer. 
God, I love you. I want to thank you for Jesus. I want to thank you for our listeners. I pray that you bless them, that you keep them, that you allow your face to shine upon them, that you're gracious unto them, that you grant them grace, mercy, peace, love, prosperity, and companionship in all the days of their life. I thank you for the unity of the show, Lord, that we're all together. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Thanks for letting me kind of go through this stuff. Thanks for letting your friends and your loved ones, the people you weren't sure about, let them listen to some of this stuff. I appreciate you. Austin, you still with me, buddy? Absolutely, bud. Great show. Thanks, bud. Close it up, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. God bless. Yes, awesome stuff today. Again, if you guys need anything, give us a call. Email us, healthmasters.com. We're always here to help everyone out the best we can. I saw an article earlier while I was going through some different stuff here. My dad was on the show, and another research study has come out now. It was from the University of Geneva. A group of neuroscientists basically wanted to demonstrate that intensive physical exercise as short as 15 minutes can actually improve memory. Really cool research study. I was reading about it. I'll post it up on the website. And again, that's why I continue to tell people, it doesn't matter how old you get. Exercising, even if it's just going outside and walking, getting some fresh air, going for a 10, 15, 20-minute walk, being active is crucial for circulation, for absolutely everything in the body. Our bodies were never designed to be as sedentary as they are now in this current generation. So again, get outside, exercise, keep training, stay in shape, keep your immune system strong. The D3 and the vitamin C by all means are the best thing to fight off any type of viral exposure. Thank you again for the support. Healthmasters.com. You have a blessed, safe, awesome night. I'll talk to you on the Hagman Show tonight. Have a great weekend after that. We'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always.